I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I am Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? It's going good, as always. Um, I don't know if I can quite say the same, but <laughs> we'll get to that. Today we are chatting about Two Wrongs Make a Right by Chloe Liese. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? What have I been reading and watching? This is the only thing I read uh-huh. this week. What have I been watching? You've been watching lots of Seinfeld with my dad. Lots of Seinfeld. We've been making our way through that. I finished all the Sykes. Wow. <laughs> what an accomplishment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what an honor. The, um, I don't. Yeah. We haven't really been watching anything. I. We are going to go see Ant-Man tomorrow. We are going to go see Ant-Man tomorrow. Um, As you might be able to tell, I'm not feeling 100%. I started not feeling great on Monday and then Tuesday got hit. And then I took the day off on Wednesday But for those of you who are in education, you know that it's sometimes more work to take a day off than it is. It absolutely is more work to take a day off than it is to just go and 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 muddle through. I even went out of my way to, like, make it as easy as possible. And they still, I still got texts, frantic texts saying, like, oh, this isn't working or this, you know, isn't. I didn't get this. And I'm like, well, I literally printed it out and put it on my desk. But, um, so, and you'd think that the kids would be nicer to me since I'm sick. No. (laughs) They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. Um, I'm still listening to Happily Ever Ninja and, um, and then like really all I've been watching is NyQuil induced fever dreams <laughs> um so yeah we didn't do anything for valentine's day no we didn't my husband was even out of town he well he, he got home he got on home. valentine's day but then, then him and left I, right away yeah then him and i had to go do anyway um yeah it's been kind of a low-key week yeah been going to bed early etc um <clears throat> i am thinking about getting a peloton so if anyone has... So if anybody has, like, yes, like, pros or cons, if they've experienced the Peloton life, um, but probably by the time you guys get back to me, it'll be too late. Oh, really? Is it happening that quickly? <laughs> I think so. <clears throat> um, we'll see, though. Um, in podcast news, though, that happened this week, we came out with our spring reading list. Um, So here is the rundown for what is going to be happening this spring. Um, A lot more overall like historicals that made the cut this time. Yeah, a lot of historicals. Yeah. So um, March 6th, we're reading For the Roses by Julie Garwood. Um, March 13th, The Idea of You by Robin Lee, which I've been told is... um, Maybe not a book that would be classified as a romance, so do with that what you will. March 20th, we're reading Love and Other Words by Christina Lauren, and we will be joined by Maida for that episode, listener Maida. Um, March 27th, we're reading The Raven Prince by Elizabeth Hoyt. April 3rd, we're doing The Takeover by T.L. Swan. April 10th, we're going to take a break week. Um, that weekend before is Easter and we just figured we might be having family dinners and things like that. So we were just going to use that as our break week. April 17th is The Scott Beds His Wife by Kerrigan Byrne, um, which we both read, but we are always down for a Is Kerrig- that part of the Victorian Rebels series? Yeah. Well, there you go. 
April 24th is Icebreaker by Hannah Grace. May 1st is Georgie All Along by Kate Claiborne. May 8th is This Earl of Mine by Kate Bateman. Um, May 15th is X's and O's by Amy Leah. And May 22nd is Just My Type by Fallon Ballard. And then on May 29th, we'll be doing the free-for-all, which that brings me to my other piece of podcast uh, business is um, next week. Next week is the winter free-for-all. So if it's your first rodeo with that, send me an audio file to the uh, email address, which is notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. And um, keep it three minutes under, somewhere around there. Um, Just talk about a book that you've read, whether you liked it or not. And, um, yeah, and we always love those episodes, and you guys do too, I know. Um, And we just love to hear from you guys and make it more of your podcast. Um, So, that's what we've had going on this week lovely yeah um okay today we are chatting about two wrongs make a right by chloe Liese. this book came out in november of last year and is the first book in her wilmot sisters series um the second book better hate than never is set to come out in september and that's christopher and kate I'm correct guessing. yes Um, here is the back cover description for Two Wrongs Make a Right. Jamie Westenberg and B. Wilmot have nothing in common except a meat disaster and the mutual understanding that they couldn't be more wrong for each other. But when the people closest to them play Cupid and trick them into going on a date, Jamie and B. realize they have something else in common after all, an undeniable need for revenge. Soon their plan is in place, fake date obnoxiously, and convince the meddlers they're madly in love, then break up spectacularly and dash their hopes, putting an end to the matchmaking madness once and for all. To convince everyone that they've fallen for each other, Jamie and B will have to nail the performance of their lives, but as their final act nears and playing lovers becomes easier than not, they begin to wonder, what if Cupid's arrow wasn't so off the mark, and what if two wrongs do make a right? Mom, what did you think of Two Wrongs Make a Right by Chloe Liese? I'm going to give this one a really liked. Um, there was there were things about it that bugged me, but then there was a lot about it that I really liked. I'm so, basically exactly the same. Is that fair to say? Um, there are things that she does that really irritate me, and I think anyone who's listened to the podcast for very long probably will read the book and say, oh, this is going to bug them. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. There's, first of all, I will say it was nice to read, like, a book that felt like it was just straight up a romance. Yeah, yeah. Um, the sex scenes were, like, more on level with, um, like, an actual... Pretty steamy. ...romance. Um, the, I don't know, just the plotting and of everything just felt more, like, authentic, legit... And and romance. legit a rom com even I mean yeah. you could say, um, and yeah same. There's things about it that I really liked. There's some really swoony moments in there, um, but yes, mainly on her part, there's things that she does that piss me off. Yeah, <laughs> and um, I think overall, some of the like meat disaster moments were a little too abundant, I guess. There was just, like, a little too many, um, like, oh my gosh, we're fumbling all over each other, and, Mm, like... Yeah, we fell in the paint, and we... Yeah. It just seemed a little forced sometimes, those, those... Yeah, there was a lot of, um, a lot of fumbling about, and there was a lot of, like... I mean, as someone who's extremely clumsy, and my family can attest to, I've had my share of... Well, me too. I mean... Yes, that's true, too. <laughs> I, I mean, I have friends that have told me that I'm basically like a walking rom-com there like, you go. trip trope, right. except for the actual romance part. <laughs> except, for, except for the rom. <laughs> except for the... You're just the com. <laughs> Ex- 
suffered the like dashing H E A and um uh no and I don't know. There was just a lot of those and there was a lot of um like interrupted like so many interrupted moments. Oh, yeah. I'm like, you guys, come on. Like I was just it was a little there was just a little too many of those. Um I think if she'd like cut them even just like by a quarter, it I, I would have been more on board. Um and it might just be that I just wasn't in the headspace for that. No, I mean, I felt the same way. and um, <clears throat> But, you know, I definitely felt... Well, and, and it's... I had my same issues that I have with almost every um, fake dating trope. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're obviously into each other. Just tell each other how you feel. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, I, I do have thoughts on that. <clears throat> okay, what did you think of Beatrice as our heroine? <laughs> no, I, I liked Beatrice. I did. And I liked her quirkiness and I liked her um, just kind of... I appreciated, like, the... The fun attitude and... The neurodivergent um, representation. You know, I don't... She's not, like, so far on the spectrum that she has... Too many complications, um, but um, but I think that's good representation to have as well. You know, yeah, someone yeah. who just um, has has quirks um, related to that, but maybe not. I don't know. I don't want to say like inappropriate wording, um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> so I I liked that about her. I like that she's. Um, you know, she tells him what for a lot and um, is just, like, pretty brutally honest a lot of times. But, yes, she makes choices in the book where I was just like, girl. But didn't he make sense? I didn't even understand what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, it, at the end of one chapter, she says... Oh, I love Jamie so much. It's too bad about what's going to have to happen. And I'm like, what's yeah. going to have to happen? Literally. <laughs> literally when she was like, oh, I love him so much. I have to, it's, I wish I didn't have to do this. And I'm like, wait, what? What, what, what do you what, have to do? What do you have to do? I'm like so completely in the dark as to what that could possibly be. That <laughs> and I, then when she did it, I was like, yep, I still don't get it. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about that too. Um, But... Overall, I liked her. I like, you know, her love for her sister. And um, even though I think it makes her make stupid decisions. And um, yeah, I just thought, I thought across the board she was good representation and all of that. Well, and I liked her, um, <clears throat> I liked seeing her get over her painting block. Is that yeah. her artistic block? Yeah. And um you know, watching all of that unfurl, I thought that that was kind of a fun Well, her artistic line. block and, like, her relationship block as well. Right, like, right. realizing Well, they that... both kind of had a relationship block. But... Yeah, for sure. Um, but realizing that she'd been done dirty and basically how she was then able to use that to be a more empathetic person to her sister and um, kind of help her sister through Yeah. her thing in the end. But, um... Yeah, and realizing, like, just because I've had one bad apple doesn't mean that, like, I need to swear off of love yeah. forever kind forever. of thing. Um, what did you think of Jamie as our hero? Um, he was... I, I really loved him. He yeah. was he was a sweetheart. Pediatrician, <clears throat> going yeah. against his family's wishes. Little uptight. Yeah. But, like, just to kind of see him, like, open himself up more to, um, you know, having a little messy in his life yeah, and how he saw the value in that actually by the end. And, um, yeah, I, I thought he was really sweet and he was really sweet kind of maybe sometimes too good to her. <laughs> I think we're going to talk about that. Too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really liked him. I, um, yeah, just kind of seeing um, his, not unraveling, but um, just seeing him kind of, can't think today. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
NyQuil-induced podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yes, I liked him. Um, What did you think of the setup with them pretending to date? I didn't... Well, with most fake dating things, I... I didn't really get it. I thought their catalyst for revenge was, like, pretty weak. I thought so, too. And seemed kind of also immature to me. Um, Maybe it's because I always have people that are trying to set me up, and it's just like, yeah. I mean, that's just how it happens a lot of times, unless you want to do online, which I really don't. So, um. I don't know, like, I, I I was never able to, like, fully get on board with, like, how dare they, and it's like, okay. I mean, granted, I did feel like the, her friend group in general was kind of, like, ridiculous with trying to get all the details all the time, and it's like, bruh, give me some space. <laughs> yeah. Um, Back however, up. um, <clears throat> I don't know, having been set up and having set people up as well have done both and and I have grandbabies from it <laughs> yeah I was gonna say and um you know we can have Ryan on again to ask him how heavy-handed I was with um <laughs> I don't think I was though um it didn't take much your brother fell pretty quickly <laughs> I know he's welcome by the way um but uh <clears throat> I don't know so That always felt a little like, what? But I will say, in in defense of it, I did think that they paced out of the fake dating pretty well. Like, they both, at a reasonable amount of time, they both start to like, Well, they're pretty uh, into each other. Like, from jump. Yeah, from from like, yeah, I'm not going to hate doing this. I I mean, mean, we're getting a lot of that in Even like, first... First sight, both of them are like, ooh, I like what I see here. And then, yeah, they have a couple awkward, like, interactions in the beginning. But throughout even those, they're still like, but I still like the cut of his jib kind of thing. Yeah. And um, and so <clears throat> they're fake dating, but, like, they pretty quickly both, like, admit to themselves and then eventually to each other, like, hey, and I, and I did think that their, like, conversations about that were, like, pretty mature. Yeah. And just, like, I don't want this to be fake necessarily anymore. Like, how are you feeling? And, um, and so I did, like, I did, like, those scenes. Yes, and, um, absolutely. And those were definitely, like, more redeeming of the fake dating plot for me. And, um, just how they didn't, like, they didn't put up the facade for, like, overly long time to where I was like super annoyed by it. Yeah. I agree. Um now this is billed as a much ado about nothing reimagining. Oh. <laughs> Did I know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> um, um I was gonna ask you, what do you make of it as that? I think because like I saw that and I was like, I mean they don't hate each other enough. Like in Much Ado About Nothing I guess Beatrice. Well, I should have seen it. <laughs> yeah, you should have. And, and his name, his name, when they're texting, is Benedict. Oh yeah. Ben. I should Ellen. I should have seen it. But um, and then John Claude is Claudio. Oh uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And he is. He's he's not good. <laughs> he makes stupid choices. Um, he's not as bad as Claudio in the play. But um, here's the thing. Much About Nothing was, like, baby's first Shakespeare for me. Yeah, it was. Um, It was, I think, mom showed me the movie when I was, I think I was, like, 12 when I, I think it was around the same time I watched Pride and Prejudice. Um, And then I read the play after I'd watched the movie. Um, So it really was, like, my first foray into Shakespeare. Um. So, it holds a very special, near and dear place in my heart. I love Much About Nothing. It's far and away my favorite Shakespeare. Um, <clears throat> so, I would generally be here for a Much About Nothing. But this is pretty weak as a, yeah. as a, <laughs> a Much About Nothing connection. I mean, it has some, like, loose connections. But, first of all, I mean, the plot of Much About Nothing is that they hate each other... And so 
So the friends think. But the friends recognize. I mean, I guess it's sort of, I don't know. But like. But in this one, they didn't even know each other beforehand. If they had a history of hating each other, then it would have been a more. Like it would make more. I mean, so like the next book is going to be Kate and Christopher, who obviously have like a deep-seated hate. Obviously, it's going to be ill-founded. But um, so that would make more sense is like. And then I assume Juliet. Oh. I'm getting the names now. <laughs> I'm getting where the names fit into Kate, all this. <laughs> Juliet, Beatrice. Um, and then I guess Juliet's probably going to come back and get a book. Yeah. Um, and hers is going to be a Romeo and Juliet. And Kate's, I'm guessing, is going to be like a 10 Things I Hate About You, but not 10 Things I Hate About Taming the Shrew. Shrew. <laughs> wow. Um, I see it. I'm seeing it now. Um, I think... So I guess as I'm talking about it, it makes more sense. But as I was reading it, I'm like, no, this is all wrong. Like, because they never really fully become, I mean, they sort of do, but they don't, like, seek revenge after the fact. Do they? What Am I misremembering much about nothing right now? They don't, well, no, they don't re- seek revenge. There's the whole thing with, but that's, like, the best scene in the play is when they're, like, making them, they're tricking them into, like, falling in love with each other. Yeah, yeah. That's the best. And this one, they're, you know, they just kind of get them together and then they trick them. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a spin on it. It's a pretty loose retelling. Yeah. I see, I see more connections as I'm like saying it all out loud. However, it's, yeah, it's like tangentially related, I would yeah. say. Um, I am always down for a taming of the shrew, though. And, um, as evidenced by my love for 10 Things I Hate About You. And as evidenced by the fact that you're kind of a shrew. <laughs> um, I will say, shout out to, there's these, um, they, I don't know if they've ever been released over here, but there was these, um, like, BBC, I think, or maybe ITV, um, like, modern tellings of um, Shakespeare. They were called, like, Shakespeare Retold or something. And there was a Much About Nothing with Damien Lewis, and that one was really good. Was it Much Ado About Nothing, or was it... That one was Much About Nothing. Okay. And then there's a Taming of the Shrew that had Rufus Sewell and Shirley Henderson, who played um, Moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle. And that one's my favorite. It was really good. And um, Well, the one that Joss Whedon did, uh, um, yeah, he did a, a Much Ado About Nothing, that, a modern retelling that was really good. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I love Much About Nothing. It's, yeah, it's, like, definitely my favorite. Um, but, yeah. So, loose. Um, I see it more now as I, like I said, as I talk about it. <laughs> than when we were in it, reading yeah. it. <laughs> Obviously, Mom didn't notice it at I all. didn't notice it at all. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um. But, I mean, maybe that's, I mean, like, so we just read um, the Emma retelling, right? Um, that was, like, beat for beat an Emma retelling. The C- oh, Camila. Yeah. Was that the lady's guide? Camila knows, Camila, Camila. Oh, Camila knows best. Yeah. Um, so, that one was, like, beat for beat, like. Right. The same as Emma. And so I guess it's just kind of like pick your poison. Do you like one that's like the same? The with, same exact structure. modern or... or just kind of inspired by. <laughs> Has the same names. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Let's talk about the conflict. Um, so at one point in the story, so they've been kind of secretly set up by... Her sister Juliet and Juliet's fiance, Jean Jean Claude, who is friends with what's his name? Jamie. Jamie. Well, they're roommates, but <clears throat> you get the feeling, Jamie. As soon as Jamie's like, um, we're, we're I wouldn't call us, you know, he he just kind of hangs out with me, you know, and and I was like, he's gonna turn out to be a bad guy because, yeah. you know, Jamie's Jamie's not. There's no closeness there. So. Yeah, and that they kept like. Saying, like, you and Christopher seem like you'd be much better friends than... Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. But, um, so he ends up to be kind of like a douchebag and, um, like... Not Jamie. Not Jamie. Jean-Claude. Jean-Claude. 
and he gets really jealous and possessive and is like pulling her away from her family and all those hallmarks of a emotional abuser. And, um, and so she breaks, so Julia and Jean-Claude break up and for some GD reason, um, uh, Beatrice decides, okay, I, we need to take a, me and Jamie need to take a break because like she, we're so irrevocably tied to John Claude and her memory that like, if she sees us together, it's going to, it's just going to drudge up bad feelings. And I'm like, girl, what? I can't even imagine that her sister would think that that was necessary or a good idea. No. I, it. And if she does, then she's horrible. Yeah. I mean, you know, I get Beatrice thinking that, but the fact that Juliet doesn't say, what? Why would you do that? Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. And that, like, there's people in her family that are like, I mean, it makes sense. And I'm like, no, No, it really does not. Nothing about it makes sense. (laughs) Just because your fiance was a douchebag doesn't mean I have to, like, stop seeing my boyfriend. That just seems completely ridiculous to me yeah especially i mean like maybe if jamie was like i don't know he's got a point (laughs) yeah exactly but he wasn't he was totally on her side from the get-go yeah um even before they broke up he's like "Mm, jean claude's being kind of a dick yeah um so all of that i was just like i'm sorry what like even like we like we said even when she was like oh this is so sad that this has to happen. I'm like, what has to happen? What has to happen? I know. So I was reading it. I was like, what? What has to happen? What do you? Have, what does this have to do with Jamie? Browns. <laughs> like it made it made zero sense to me that to win the lead up to it. I'm like, wait, why is this happening? Like, what? What is the basis for this? It made no sense. Um, and I don't care how close you are to your sister. I mean, I might get her saying. You know, we need a couple days off just so I can be here for my sister. I mean, that I would totally understand. Yeah. But they were broken up for like three weeks. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I wanted, I I wanted Juliet to be the one to be like, wait, what are you doing? Yeah. Why is he not here? Why? Like, that makes no sense. Like, go be with your boyfriend. He means that's, I don't, like, I wanted you guys to be together. Why would I care that he was like friends with yeah i don't know it made it made zero sense to me i was so like dumbfounded when that happened i and so like at that point in the book i was like okay this is like i'm i'm feeling good and then that happened and i was just like i'm sorry what <laughs> exactly um and that's what brought it down from a love for me because yeah, otherwise i really enjoyed it mm-hmm. i mean we talked about some other little things but um but that whole thing was like, whenever people do things that just normal people would never do, yeah. never do, or yeah. if they do do it, then they're ridiculous. And this was one of a few things that, because I, I could never quite get a handle on how old they were supposed to be. It's like, he's like an established pediatrician, so like, they can't be that young. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple things that I was just like, that, like, the, I mean, like, the whole fake dating and getting revenge thing itself was, like, pretty immature. But then this happens, and I'm like, what? This is so, like, high school. It's, I don't know. Like, so, I don't know. I, yeah. I I can't, I can't get on board with that as, like, a plot device. No, I, I couldn't either. was just like, oh, no. Um... And then, like, when it's him that has to apologize, I'm like, mm-mm. No, she should come back begging because what she did was so That's off I, the mark. I really wanted to be there. I really wanted there to be a moment, like, after a couple days where Juliet was like, where is Jamie? And, oh, well, I told him, like, we needed to take some space, like, to, you know, protect your feelings and have Juliet be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no. Like, no. go get him. Yeah. I'm so happy woman. seeing you happy. There, that, yeah. make, that brings me joy. Yeah. Go be happy. Yeah, I really wanted there to be that moment because I needed, you know, like we've talked about before, like, as long as the author, like, shows awareness that they're making a stupid decision, 
I'm, I'm usually okay with it. So that's why I wanted there to be that moment because I wanted the author to show like, this is a stupid decision. Yeah. But that didn't happen. And so <laughs> I therefore am left like baffled. Well, and most, like most of her family, like her mom even was like, oh yeah. That, yeah. I'm, I'm like, like what? what? I know. I'm, yeah. Be patient because that <laughs> she needs to be there for her sister. And it's like. No, this is a ludicrous thing to have happen. Yeah. And there's ways to, like, be there for your sister without having to, like, put a full-blown stop to your own personal life. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, I would get it if she said, well, we need to, I need I need to spend a couple days with my sister helping her yeah. get over this. And, and then, you know what? If and she... even, like, if, and even if she said, like, and, you know, maybe we shouldn't, like, rub it in her face for a few weeks. And, like, yeah. if we get together, like, let's meet at your house. Like... Even that would make more sense. But I guess there just needed to be some sort of conflict. And I just think it was a really stupid one, if I'm being honest. I thought it was pretty stupid, too. <laughs> and I am being honest. Yeah. Um, let's talk about sex, baby. So, like I said, it definitely feels more like a real romance level of sex than we've had, like, in a while. Yeah. Um, because we've had a lot of gromancies and... Um, kind of more quote-unquote women's fiction lately. Um, I mean, maybe not since the Penny Reed that we read. Yeah. <laughs> which was pretty saucy. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. Yeah. They get after it. They do. God bless them. God bless them. Um, what was your swooniest moment? I have mine. I have mine. What's yours? Mine is when he was setting up the date for them yeah, when they're going to have sex. <laughs> and he's just like, let's just stay in. And he's yeah. got his room all set up with food yeah. and Come on. the stars on the ceiling. Yeah. and Yeah, that obviously had to be it. I did like <laughs> I did like when they were showing each other their paintings that they did of each other. And you know his was probably super childlike <laughs> looking. Yes. And, um, uh, but she still really appreciated that he, you know. Yeah. I mean, I... I thought that was cute, too. Yeah. Um, but the sweatpants date, a sweatpants date is oh always going to be my swooniest moment. Seriously. Especially after they already had the tuxedo and evening gown mm -hmm. date. Moment. So it's like, let's, now let's just do sweatpants. And yes. I did like how he kept, like, putting her off. How he, you know, she's like, come on. <laughs> and he's it's like, like no. no. I want to take my time. Um, I want to be as noisy as we can. And I did like um, when he spurred first spoke French to her and she's like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> um, okay. So that's what we think. Um, I know that some other things are going to come up as we read your comments. So let's just dive into that. Cassie says, swoon. I loved this book. Jamie and B were a delightful couple. They fit together like puzzle pieces and I loved how their relationship developed. Chloe Liese will forever be an auto buy for me. Um, she does disability representation so authentically and it really adds to the story. If I had to have one complaint, it would be the third act breakup. It was looking like there wasn't going to be a third act breakup and I was so excited about that. But then it happened and I thought B's reasoning behind it was a bit flimsy. Yeah. Okay. Agreed. It did resolve quickly though and I loved everything else about this book so I'm willing to overlook it. I've never read much about nothing so I don't know how closely this mirrored that but I really enjoyed it regardless and I'm looking forward to continuing on in the series. Um, I've never read much ado about nothing either but if you haven't seen the Emma Thompson movie it is well worth the watch. Yeah. It's it's really good. It is really good. Keanu Reeves aside. Keanu Reeves aside. But um Michael, Ke Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton is, is great. like makes the movie. Yeah, he is great. No, I um, yeah, I think that one's great. I think the the Joss Whedon one, even though Joss Whedon foibles aside, um, <laughs> uh, and I just yeah, I love that. And there's also um a uh, there's a recorded stage version of. David Tennant and Catherine Tate doing it, and that one's also really fun. Um, just because I like both those people. Um, Anna says, I really, really, really liked, near loved this book. I liked both B and Jamie and liked B's relationship with her sisters. I appreciated how B didn't 
quote-unquote fix Jamie's emotionally abusive family, but just avoided them. <laughs> like Cassie said, I like how the author addresses neurodivergence and mental health issues head-on. The conflict when B's sister Jules is emotionally abused by her boyfriend, who is also Jamie's friend. B asks Jamie to take and break, and he to take a break, and he interprets that as a breakup. Wasn't super angsty, which I like, but it also felt a little bumpy because it seemed like B was overreacting by trying to predict the future, and Jamie responded a little over the top too. I thought B needed to do much more to grovel to make up for how she tried to shove Jamie aside. Yes. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I think too. The well, he's the one who apologizes <coughs> to her, you know, for whatever. And, um... Yeah, I mean, like, he... Especially because, like, he had been so, like, sensitive to, like, her relationship insecurities the whole time that... And, and it broke his heart because he had already been through his own Yeah, that issues. when it came time to, like, address his head-on, she, like, fumbles the ball so yeah. epically. I don't know. Um, Anna continues. Um, I thought B needed to do much more to grovel to make up for how she tried to shave, shove Jamie aside. The book also kept my interest by switching up the tropes a bit. Start as enemies to lovers, then goes to fake dating, and then just and then goes to just pure romance pretty quickly. Overall, I really enjoyed this one. Um, I'm glad that everybody is so far agreeing with us on the conflict. <laughs> um, Ashley says, I like this one, but I didn't love it. Jamie was an absolute dreamboat. Be waffled uh, between being the type of quirky heroine who was endearing or the quirky heroine who was annoying. <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves in the overly clumsy accident prone girl and, and that landed her on the latter side to me more often than not. I yeah. agree with that as well. Um, also, maybe because I read this during a stressful time at work, but I get really annoyed at some of these jobs I read about. Of course, B is an erotic artist whose day job has a schedule that seems to be show up when you want, leave when you want, and don't worry about actually working when you're here because <laughs> we're all friends. Um, I agree with the previous posts about the third act breakup. I am very fortunate that I have never had an emotionally abusive relationship, so maybe it's not my place to state my opinion, but maybe talk to your sister before just assuming she won't be able to see Jamie because of the reminder of her ex. Everyone heals differently. I'm going to continue on with the series. I... Um, but I didn't fall in love with this family in the same way I did the Bergmans. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. I agree with asking. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> or, like, taking space in a different way than, like... Or just saying to Julia, would it be easier if, you know, Jamie stays away for a few days or... Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um... Catherine says, I didn't have a strong memory of reading this one, but the memories I do have are all very visual. And I don't usually visualize books while I'm reading them, so that's something. My favorite Chloe Liese book is still the second Berkman bo brother book with the hockey player, but I do have a fondness for any books with twins for some reason, so that was fun. She and her sister are twins, right? Yes. Because they, she's 12 minutes older than Juliet yeah. is 12. Um... Yes, we read the, I think the one that we read was the first one in that Bergman Brothers series, and then I admittedly haven't read any others, because you guys know how I am, how I don't follow We've through. We've discussed this before. It was the one with the kid who had, heart, who was hard of hearing, or? Yeah. Uh, no, blind. Hard he, of seeing. Yeah, hard of seeing. <laughs> <laughs> he, he couldn't see very well, so she. Right? Or was he hard of hearing? Now you're notes. making me second guess myself. I can't remember. I think it was, I think it was vision. Was it vision? Was it hearing? <laughs> I can't remember. I just remember he dressed like a lumberjack and went to school and that like his brother-in-law was his, their teacher or something. And so he, you know. I'm looking it up. He, he set them up to be like study partners. Well, I don't think they're going to say on the back cover if it was, um, death, uh, she's a thorn. Hold on. I'm trying to make this so it's not dead air. Um. So you're mumbling to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Not dead air, people. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is good radio right here. Yeah, totally. But I know that you guys are going to be frustrated with me that I can't remember. Uh, probably something that we should have looked into before we started the podcast. Well, I, th I thought for sure that I knew that it was. Um, and then I threw you off with my yeah, so bad memory. Thanks for that. Um. Okay, I'm not getting a ready answer to this, so I'm... One of his senses 
was <laughs> impaired. <laughs> Maybe it was his taste. Maybe he could. <laughs> he had bad taste. I don't think, I don't think that was it. <laughs> Can bad taste be a sense? Is that a? <laughs> yeah, I, that would be interesting. Um. Okay, I'm giving up on this. No. So you guys can tell us how stupid yeah, we are <laughs> and remind us what we read. I remember, like, that we were kind of um, not love on that one, though, that it was kind of... I can't remember why. It might have been another conflict thing. Yeah, and I think it probably also was a new adult thing. That's yeah. not always my, my jam. Um, <clears throat> okay, Victoria says, I'm going to be in the minority here, but while I didn't hate it, I didn't like it either. I really appreciate the diversity of uh, Chloe Liese brings to her characters, the representation of neurodiversity, and the full spectrum of sexuality, although at times it might feel like a bingo card. <laughs> but I've had the same problem with this book as with another one of hers I've read before. The dialogue feels unrealistic to me. Okay, B points out that Jamie speaks with a fancy vocabulary, but often their interaction felt stiff, like that's not how real people actually speak. Maybe it's a me problem with her writing, but I struggled with it through the whole book. The re revenge plot was another sore spot. I get that her friends are being overbearing, but pretending to be together to get revenge by breaking up, how is that going to work? You'll gloat in their feeling bad for you or by saying, see, you forced me into this relationship that didn't work. I mean, I do that to mom with my... <laughs> she, uh, she does throw it in my face a lot. Uh, okay. I don't really care. It's your fault. <laughs> Um, I didn't get where the revenge was supposed to be, and they were, in fact, dating, if only to go out and take a picture for Instagram. Yeah. I mean, that's always our problem with And people. that's always my problem, is that you can't fake date. There's no such thing as fake dating. You're either yeah. dating or you're not. Yeah. The breakup, that made no sense to me at all. While the backstory of her abusive, abusive ex was well explained, why would she break up with Jamie for her sister, so that her sister didn't have to see him or them together? I didn't get how that would make sense. Maybe speak to your sister or avoid being seen in the same in her space as a couple. But the whole breakup felt forced and an unnecessary addition to the story. Maybe one day I'll read another book by this author and change my mind. Maybe. <laughs> well... That's pretty much exactly That's what we said. Exactly <laughs> okay. Um, Like-minded Lori. Let's see how she does. Let's see how she does. I think she might like it more than we did, but we'll see. Chloe Liese is one of the most thoughtful writers I've ever read. She takes such great care to create characters that haven't traditionally been represented in a romance, and I love that. I didn't connect as much with this book as I have with her Bergman series, but I had difficulty carving time out to get this one read in a way that allowed me to stay fully engaged with the story. So maybe it was a me problem, but I still have thoughts because, of course, I do. I was so excited about the much about nothing as a jumping off point here because the banter between Beatrice and Benedict is some of Shakespeare's best. If you're interested, the Kenneth Branagh and Emma Thompson movie is a delight and has a cast full of fantastic actors. True. E echo that sentiment. This book isn't a retelling or even a twist on the source material, but you can see the connective tissue. And honestly, most people won't care. Agreed. <laughs> and as for Jamie and B, here's what I'll say. While B initially saw Jamie as an overstarched, uptight stiff, I appreciated that it didn't take long for her to recognize his tender elder cat adopting heart. And through all of B's quirks and chaos, Jamie quickly zeroed in on her ability to love prickly things. I appreciated that once they realized they were truly into each other, they didn't get hung up on proving the meddling jewels wrong. I could, yes, I agree with that. I could easily imagine a version of the story where they stubbornly resisted their attraction, and I'm glad the author didn't go that route. Agreed. Agreed. Even if it meant the whole revenge plot sort of fizzled out. I agree that the third act break slash breakup was aggravating, and while it might have seemed unnecessary, I can actually see how B thought she was doing the right thing. So I rolled with it as an appropriate choice for the character, even if it seemed like a reach for me personally. The setup for Kate and Christopher already has my interest. I'm a sucker for a modern twist on Taming of the Shrew. So even though I didn't fully connect with this book, I will 100% read Wilmot's sister book too. Of note, Two Wrongs is the author's first traditionally published novel. The Bergmans and her work before that are all independent, self-published. I'm curious if and how that played into the final product here. Um, <clears throat> oh, I can't even remember what this one stands for. F-W-I-W? Uh, in the Bergman universe, Oliver's Ted Lasso-inspired story was fan-freaking-tastic. Ziggy's book comes out in April, and I can't wait. Edited to add, sorry I'm always long-winded. I exhaust myself if it's any consolation. Um, 
I think you get to maintain. Yeah, like-mindedness. Your um, your more understanding of the conflict than I think we are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yes, agreed. And um, yeah, I did. I just haven't read more of the Bergmans, so I can't add anything to that that conversation. Ruthie says, this one is dragging a little for me, but there are still a lot of things I like about it. Jamie seems so sweet and the foreign porn is strong. Um, what's keeping me going is this idea that he's going to come out of his prim shell with her, but I'm at 38% and I'm shocked. I have so much more to go. <laughs> They're in the middle of their revenge fake dating dating period. I thought the texting might last for a longer portion of the book. I was surprised when that was revealed quickly. I'll definitely keep reading and finish it, but maybe the pacing is off or maybe the mood isn't right for me. I'll be interested to hear what you all think. Yeah. I enjoyed the insight <laughs> into each other on the texting. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I, I wish that that maybe had. Lasted. I thought that that was going to be like, because honestly, when that started, I was like, Oh, I'm going to be able to fly through this book if it's all texting. Yeah. <laughs> and then it didn't last for very long. And I'm like, oh, dang, dang it. it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I would say, Ruthie, like, stick with it. I think it, there is, like, stuff to, like, in past where you are, but, um, it might be a little bit of a slog if that's what you're feeling at 38%. Um, Jen says, I love Chloe Lasse's Bergman Brothers series, so I was very happy to try her new series. While I enjoyed a lot of this book, I found parts of it awkward. The inner monologues seemed very repetitive. I did notice that. I agree that. that, too. And I wasn't as invested as I am for a Bergman Brothers book. Um, maybe it's because Liesse was trying to do a retelling of Much About Nothing and that was making it drag. I do love Jamie as our hero. Liesse writes, the best cinnamon roll heroes. He's so thoughtful and makes B five types of soup so she'll get her vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> I also really like B, but I'm sort of over the clumsy heroine. Her art sounded very interesting. I wonder if that was based on a real thing. Was anyone else confused about Jamie's ex showing up at B's work and buying one of her cards? What was the point of that? I was expecting to see the ex at the family part party. I, I was, was also too. The, but nope, no more ex. Overall, this was close to a really like for me. I do look forward to reading both of the sisters' books. I just hope they will flow a little better. Yeah, I thought for sure the ex thing was going to come up again. Or that his dad would get the card. <clears throat> like, she would show the, his dad the card. This is what, this is who he's dating now. Can you yeah. believe that she, this is what she does? And, and, um, so it would just give his dad more, more I mean, I guess, her. like, its point is to get her to start thinking about him more, like, because she gets kind of jealous about the ex and, um, it kind of maybe makes her wake up and smell the coffee a little bit with her feelings for him, but... Um, even that wasn't like a hundred percent clear that that's like the point of it. Um, so I do agree with that. Yeah. I really thought that it was going to show up at the party somehow in yeah. some form. Um, Ian, who's been like, yeah, come Ian. onto the scene and just started. Really? We've got a new singular male. <laughs> yeah. Um, he says this book was a bit of a struggle to start with. I initially found both main characters mildly annoying and their animosity toward each other at the beginning had a weak basis. So he looked at you funny and wasn't a smooth talker at your first meeting. Now you're going to be snarky and argumentative with him for the next week. Psh, I also struggled to buy the You've Got Mail interlude. Great movie, by the way. Thanks for the wreck. Yay! Yay. Um, and the fake dating revenge plot situation. We've had a lot of flimsy reasons for fake dating, but this one was next level. Wouldn't pretending to be in love for a few months prove to the sister that meddling was a good idea? I wasn't hating the book, but it definitely... It was definitely on track for a meh rating. Um, yes. Agree. <laughs> I felt the same way in the beginning of the book. I was like, why is she so awful to him? First of all, what he said is absolutely correct in that she kept spilling crap on him. And then <laughs> yeah. she wouldn't apologize for it. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I forgive you, by the way. And she's like, for what? It's like, oh, my gosh, that was the rudest thing. <laughs> yeah. Even if it was an accident, it still was a rude faux pas and you know and so well literally like okay so this is literally a conversation that I have with my students all the time where it's like because I have kids coming up to me all the time like he bumped into me and he didn't say sorry and I'm like okay I so I like I'm always like friends we we make mistakes correct and they're like yes I'm like okay and is it I feel like kids 
and apparently her feel like apologizing is like admitting weakness. Yeah. And it's like, you guys, we make mistakes, but when we make mistakes, we still need to say, I'm sorry. And like own up to the fact that we made a mistake. If I even just like bump into somebody as I'm walking past them, I'm going to say, Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And that's, that's, and that's normal human behavior. Yeah. I had that exact same conversation with my students like oh my many gosh. times. It's like, if I bump into another teacher, am I just going to go, hey, yeah. yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to say, oh, excuse me. I didn't oh see you gosh. there. I didn't mean to. And, and I had um, this conversation like many times with kindergartners and now, and I thought I wouldn't have to have it with no. fourth graders, but I'm still having <laughs> And I had fifth graders and it was the same conversation because they come to me, he bumped into me and, you know, or he kicked me. That's what I always got. He kicked me. I was like, did you kick him? It's like, no, he tripped over my foot. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, then it sounds like you need to apologize to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ian continues, as I begrudgingly continued reading, I found it easier to keep going. Once the romance really picked up, I was completely along for the ride, almost in spite of myself. I thought the autism and mental health aspects were all, were well handled. And I totally believed that the main characters were falling in love. Chloe Liesse is very good at this and her writing has a lot of feeling. Uh, the enjoyable ride then crashed and bumped like something out of a disaster movie. I'm sorry, but the conflict was just bad all around. The reason was nonsensical, and so was the resolution. Why was Jamie the one to reach out and make things better? Yes, Thank you, Ian. Ian. Thank you. <laughs> Ian gets it. <laughs> I came out of it significantly less optimistic for the couple's chances of actually having a happily ever after. I've read a few books where a third act breakup is set up, but one or both of the main characters stop themselves short and... Uh, resolves the conflict before it escalates by means of trust and communication. I don't think every romance book should use this device, but it would have greatly benefited this book. And on Jamie, did anyone else feel like he was a little too perfect? Not only does he have that Mr. Darcy's Darcy stuffy exterior heart of gold thing going on, but he is also a sensitive, nerdy sweetheart, great with kids, cool with changing diapers, cool with periods, a pediatrician, rescues animals, cooks well, and speaks fluent French. Oh, yeah, he also has a massive cock and is built like Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't understand. Wait, what's the problem? <laughs> and I don't understand the two perfect. No, this has often been a complaint of mine in that, you know, our heroines can be any shape or size and we're, we all are in love and support of that. But our, our heroes are the guys always have to we be, except no, 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 they have to be well-built, ginormous genitalia. <laughs> I mean, it just has to be, they have to be perfect, practically perfect in every way. Yeah. And, um, and we settle for nothing less. And it's, it's very sexist and unfair of us, I yes, feel. Yes, I agree. Um, and yes, I, I mean, like, yes, we obviously, Ian, express that we love him. But this is why they're written this way, is so <laughs> that we love them. Um, <clears throat> Ian continues, it wasn't a big deal, but there's a reason why no female main characters are written like this. I got a slight Mary Sue vibe or whatever the male equivalent is. Yeah. Also, I don't mind a little PDA, but if my friend and their part and their partner are repeatedly sucking face, grabbing ass and grinding on each other right in front of me while we're on a friend group activity, we're going to have problems. And then he says, also, what are your karaoke songs? Oh, Ian. Oh, Ian. You've opened a can of worms. You have. Them. Ellen and I in a car together <laughs> with certain Well, with certain first songs. of all, we used to have um, this video game called Sing Star, which was a video game that was basically just a karaoke game. Well, it was a PlayStation 2 game. Yeah. Um, and it had, like, microphones that you would sing into. And we played the crap out and of it. And we had a lot of, like, so, like, I would say I have, it. like, my karaoke song is really dependent on who I'm singing it with. Like, me and Ryan would often sing Steal My Sunshine by Lynn. Steal My Sunshine. Um, Which and... is a very un-Ryan-esque. <laughs> Ryan's into, like, metal crazy music. I know, music. but, you know. So it's a very un-Ryan-esque <clears throat> song, but it's funny that that's your... Um, and then Mom and I, it's either Total Eclipse of the Heart mm-hmm. or Mamma Mia was a good one oh, yeah. for me and Mom. Um, and we'd act it out while we'd sing it. It yeah. was awesome. Um, you and Ryan also did um, Florence and the Machine. Yeah, dog days are over. Uh-huh. That's that's a good one. <laughs> um, I would say, like, me as an individual, like, my go-tos would be um, Shoop by Salt and Peppa. Oh, Ellen can kill it on... Um, I also, like, my favorite, like, singing in the car 
really passionately sung is Criminal by Fiona Apple. That is such a, and it's like right in my range, so it's I love Eternal Flame by <coughs> I can belt Time that After one. Time by Cindy Lauper. There's certain ones that are just right in my range. Yeah. And then there's certain people that just are not even remotely in my range. Yeah. And I have a hard time. But um yeah. I mean there's certain songs that I just like yeah. Like, I mean, I don't do a lot of karaoke because I don't get drunk enough, but um, uh, singing in the car, we, we are... I'm I'm like a notorious... Ellen is. Um, and I'm like, I, I, I don't dance, but I am a car dancer. Yeah. Like, I can get a really good ab workout, like, driving on a long road trip, just dancing in the car. And Ellen has, like, we used to do a lot of road trips together, <laughs> which we don't do so much anymore, but... Um, yeah. And she'd put together... Her car didn't have an, a, a, a player. It didn't have like a Bluetooth A Bluetooth uh, connection. connection. It just had a CD player. And yeah. so she'd make these CDs. She'd burn these CDs. <laughs> and they would be the most random songs. But they'd all be songs. Like there'd be a song from Hello Dolly. And then there would be... Like Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. So it was like just total random crap on these things. Yeah. But Ellen, but they were always songs that Ellen and I both knew and would just sing our hearts out to. I'm, I'm kind of like notorious in my friend group for my my mix my playlists like my mix cds um because they are very eclectic but i also always recognize my audience yes you do um so i will i will cater to my my crowd so how sad is it that your days of making cds is over i still make a mean playlist though that's, do. that's spotify playlist that's how it has um how it has transformed um, Ian also came back on and said, forgot to mention, what did we think of him getting a tattoo, his first tattoo, a quite large romantic tattoo, right over his heart for a girl he met five weeks ago and has been actually dating for two weeks? I thought that was a little strange. <laughs> but they were pretty much both all in. <clears throat> pretty, know, pretty quickly. Okay. You don't ever want to bring this up with me because <coughs> I fell pretty quick. Yeah, it's true. Mom... Ian, you might be a little new With to my game. perfect Adonis husband. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Mom was engaged after two weeks of after dating. Two my weeks dad. of dating, we got engaged. But Ian, I will I will agree. How I will say, at least he didn't get like her name emblazoned across yes. his chest or something. But it like, was a B. It was a B, but it was like it was subtle enough that if he, if they broke up and he's in a future relationship, he could like easily write it off <laughs> or cover it up, cover up the B part. Maybe just have the heart with the French words. Yeah. I listen. I've watched a lot of Ink Master. I know how they. Ellen knows. I, I'm an She's expert. a tattoo expert. I'm a tattoo expert who has no tattoos. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, mom, final thoughts. Um, good, good feedback on this one. Yeah, guys. really good, and especially since you all agree with us. us. <laughs> That's always good. That, that always makes that me realize. Always makes for good feedback. <laughs> no, actually, I like it when people like we get a diversity. But yeah, I, I think that universally, that was a stupid decision. It was a stupid breakup. I we've we've come down hard on that, and we've come down. I I do want to echo. That overall, I enjoyed the book more than I didn't. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's got some really good romantic-y, um, good swoony yeah. moments in there. Definitely. Um, that, much like Ian, kept me kept me invested and, and going um, in spite of some stuff that was pissing me off. Um, so, just want to echo that it's still a really like... Um, and yeah, I think, uh, a good one overall. Yeah. Um, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Two Wrongs Make a Right by Cordelia Say. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On February 27th, we'll be having our free-for-all. So get in your book reports. Um, around three minutes. 
or under and to the email address. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.